Welcome, Pathfinders, to Find the Path Podcast Actual Play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. With special guests, Sandy Boys. We knew something was weird about that sand. We knew it. But we couldn't have told we couldn't have known that it was gonna animate into yeah. a like what, what would that be? Sand elemental, I guess? I don't know. I'm sure it starts some variant of an earth elemental. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think so. Could be any number of things. Actually, it could really only be a couple of things, but... Well, yeah. Only I know. Is this our epic crossover with Marvel starting now? Yep. <laughs> oh, no, it's Sandman. <laughs> but, yeah, when last we left our heroes, the doorkeepers had delved even deeper into the Guardian Vault, exploring a chamber I affectionately refer to as H9. Um, <laughs> affectionately, huh? The yeah. Hall of Eternal Henshepsus. Yeah, well, we fixed that problem. Yeah, no, it's just the whole of previously eternal Henshepsis. I think Narmer literally just vomited acid at one of them for like 10 minutes. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes you got to do that. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. You <laughs> have then made your way through a, uh, a corridor of doors, one after the next after the next, making your way until you had reached the uh, the center. Well, I guess beyond all of those, you had passed for, through the realm of the dead into the crypts of the, I believe, Akumenon. Considering that you got down here, there are six doors. You've taken a chance at uh, the door immediately to your left. Citra had managed to successfully disable the glyph of warding over that, that I think would have struck you with a harm spell. Is that right? Yes. Pretty yes. Sure. Something awful, yeah. Yep, harm spell. Could you imagine getting a harm spell and then having these two guys show up and be like, hello there? It would Hello be horrible. There. It would be Pretty sure that, that's, that's the trap. Yeah, even if you make the save versus the harm spell, it's still 75 points of damage. Yep. That spell does not mess around. I think Masika hit someone with a harm spell once. Maybe? I don't remember. There has I, been a harm spell like in play at some point. I wanted to say it was in the fight against some of the um, Moftet. Yes, I wanted to yeah, say it was against I some Moftet. I don't memorize a lot of negative energy spells because so much undead. Such That's true. much yeah. undead. Such much. But upon opening this, the sand, the, the mysterious sand that had covered the, the floor of the chamber that you had entered had swirled up into these two figures, both of them composed uh, basically entirely out of highly condensed sand as they had slid up to their feet and uh, basically referred to as defilers, which once you'd gone, uh, well, technically, yeah, we were oh, breaking into a crypt. Surrounded. Uh, flanking Hollis yep. on either side. Yep. Hollis is in the sand sandwich. Yep. And uh, Terrible. I suppose we're just going to jump into some initiative. Joy. Why not start this off? Uh, start this off on the right foot. Yay! Oh nuts! Oh gosh! Okay, all right. Maybe I can go first and get out of the sandwich. But where are you gonna go? There's nowhere to go. I don't know, but not in the middle of a flank sandwich. Thank you. Yeah, wherever it is is not here. <laughs> all right, keep a little combat music here. Sirenscape. Don't trust the sand. That's good advice. Especially if it's weird sand. Like, it looks like it was imported. All right. Hollis Starkweather. Hollis rolls an 11 for an 18. Sudi Contar. Sudi rolls a 7 for a 10. Masika of the Beckon. Masika also rolls a 7 for a 10. Uh-oh. <laughs> Do you guys have a preference on who goes first, or? Masika's going to let Sudi punch things. I was going to kind of advocate for the same thing, but this is still a bad spot to be rolling for last. <laughs> Citra Nahamra. Citra rolled a 12 for an 18. Do you or Hollis want to go first? I think technically Citra's faster. Yes. It doesn't really matter to me. But I'd like Hollis to be able to get out of the way, too. 
I'll go directly after you, so either way is fine. I guess I shall go first then. Okay. We can always switchy swatchy in game if needed. Like once it starts, if it turns out to be better the other way, you can just delay until I go, etc. So we'll be yeah. fine. Round one of combat begins. The same creatures go first. No! Yeah, of course they do. I, I felt like that was going to I still happen. have stone skin, though, so that's something. Hey, yep. you're going to probably need it. Mm. They're about to buff it right off of you. Lol. So the first one rises up, again, states Defiler in Ancient Osiriani. Ah, man. And then spins in place as every particle of sand comprising oh, it bursts no. off as it swirls into a vaguely man-shaped mass of spinning sand. Oh, great. It's a sandstorm. Okay. It's doing that, like, tornado ability that the air elementals can do, but with sand. The other one will. Hmm. Yep, the other one full out attack, Citra. Oh, okay. Yay. Oh, because you opened the door. Oh, right. I'm not inside. I'm just over here. And I believe I mean, since you did give up your uncanny dodge, you are, in fact, flat-footed. It might not make a difference. Uh, however, that's a 40 and a 37. Oh! Yeah, both of those will hit Gosh, me. Gosh, golly! The figure steps forward, reaching out and slamming down. Again, it's strange because as he he raises his hand and chops down, more so than punches, and as he does so, his arm elongates into this thin, basically, blade of sand as it slices down into you. The first strike dealing 18 points of damage, the second strike dealing 15 points of damage. Keep in mind your stone skin. You guys are fortunately, I guess fortunately, not really. You guys are at the level where stone skin pretty much always drops in increments of 10 because everything's doing more than 10 points of damage. Yeah, pretty much. So you don't have to worry about like, okay, so I've got exactly 37 points of stone skin left or something. I will also need two fortitude saves. Of course. I think I'm down, guys. (laughs) What? Well, that first one's a uh, 13 because I rolled nat one. And the second one is a uh, 28 because I rolled a 16. Okay. So as it basically, Citra, you turn around, Paulus let out a shout, hear these two things cry out before this thing slams you twice to Sudi and Hollis on either side. There's just this explosion of sand as it starts slamming into her. Citra, as you stumble back, gasping from the pain, the sand seems to almost almost intentionally flow down your mouth and into your lungs uh, as you begin to uh, cough and retch. Uh, you are nauseated. Oh, boo. From, there we go to, Citronahamra, you are nauseated. I was going to say, I'll at least, uh, I'll, I'll stagger back at least a few steps. Yeah, you can still take a five foot step if you want a five foot step away. Yeah. There you go. So Citrus stumbles back into the, uh, the darkened crypt I imagine grabbing one your free hand onto the wall and coughing as violent as she can. Again, it feels like the sand doesn't want to get out of your lungs. As if there's almost something holding it in place. That's gross. Hollis Starkweather. I want to know what these things are. You may, if you wish, make a knowledge the planes. Okay. Uh, that's a 12 plus... Uh, so, 36. 36. With a 36, you can identify these things. These are creatures referred to as living sandstorms. Ah, jeez. Living sandstorms are are formed from and fed by the unpredictable interaction of the raw elemental plane of Earth and the vortices and such of the plane of air. In essence, creating a a mixture of Earth and air elemental. In uh, AD&D, they would have referred to them as like uh, para-elemental planes, where like Earth and fire crossover is the para-elemental plane of lava, etc., etc., 
Uh, they are ageless elemental creatures, uh, tend to be curious and outgoing when first uh, discovering new places, but are easily frustrated by any kind of restraint. They use their ability to create sand liberally, attempting to pack uh, caves, voids, and such at the plane of Earth. Uh, more or less, they abhor basically a vacuum or a void and attempt to fill it usually with sand. Hmm. Uh, they're notorious for appearing suddenly out of rolling tempests in the deep desert. They're capable of turning oasises and dry farmlands into areas of featureless desert and shockingly short spans of time. Yikes. When angered, they can scour a whole army down to bits of shining metal and bone buried under the feet of shifting sand over the course of one terrible night. Some Osiriani scholars claim that living sandstorms are related to deadly Kashiman storms that scour the desert. And while these creatures are related to elementals, they have nothing to do with the formation of those iconic storms. Living sandstorms are most comfortable when sand is free to flow across the earth, becoming agitated whenever creatures make an effort to remove or limit sand in an area, shelter, shelter an area from sand, or alter the weather to reduce or prevent sandstorms. However, they are curious creatures and enjoy experiencing new interactions with things of other shapes and are willing to parlay when they believe doing so may open the door to a novel diversion, or if a creature simply appears easy to intimidate. Hmm. Uh, You're aware that they are, of course, not evil creatures. They are elemental outsiders and are therefore true neutral. Right. You may ask three questions pertaining towards the living sandstorm. What special defenses do they have? First off, they possess damage reduction. And since that's really their big one, I'll go ahead and give it to you. It is a damage reduction of 10. And like many elementals, it is 10 everything. Mm. In addition to that, they possess standard uh, elemental traits, which are uh, immunity to bleed effects, paralysis, poison, sleep, and sleep effects and stunning, not subject to critical hits or flanking. They do not take additional damage from precision-based attacks, such as sneak attacks. They are proficient with their natural weapons and so on and so forth. The big one is they're not subject to critical uh, hits or sneak attack. Okay. Um, special attacks. Special attacks. Uh, technically speaking, they have two special attacks. Eh, would I count that one as one? Yes. No. <laughs> uh, first off, every time that they strike an individual, it does cause a plume of sand. Technically, all of that is still part of the elemental. <laughs> and then it creates a distraction effect, trying to get into their eyes, nose, ears, etc., as they strike their foes. Uh, This is a fortitude save or nausea. In addition to that, they have an ability referred to as slashing sand. Uh, A living sandstorm's attacks can deal slashing damage. Technically, its attacks deal bludgeoning and slashing, so they count Mm. as both. Do they have any special qualities? They do. The living sandstorm really has two special qualities. Uh, First off is its ability to change shape, as you've just witnessed. They are capable of shifting between being a humanoid form or sand. When they're sand, they can lay perfectly still if they so wish, at which point they get a plus, uh, technically, I'll just go ahead and give it to you. They have a plus 47 bonus to stealth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> when in sand. Sure, <laughs> sure. Well, that makes sense why we couldn't tell that they were in there. Uh, yeah. yeah, because they were literally just grains of sand. When they change shape, they turn into a, uh, a fine cloud of sand. It, in essence, means that once they do that, they are still outsiders with the elemental subtype, but they function as if they're a swarm of fine-sized creatures, therefore immune to all physical attacks, uh, standard swarm traits, etc. In sandstorm form, the living sandstorm functions, uh, it loses its burrow speed, which is something it has, and its slam attacks as well as its compression ability, as they can actually flow through anything small enough to, or anything wide enough to allow for grains of sand to pass through. So under doors, around corners, etc. However, when they are in their transformed state, they do have a fly speed and the ability to use create sand uh, to basically create more sand around them, being able to summon sand from the elemental planes 
to fill up an area if they so oh, wish. Oh, great. So they could literally bury us in sand. Yep. I'll go ahead and give this to you since you did ask for this form. So under the special qualities, I'll also give you that they have the ability to see through sand, dust, and other particles in the air as if the air were clear. So they ignore any mischance for these obstructions. In addition to this, they gain a special attack whenever they're in their sands, sand form, the sandstorm form. Saying sand a whole lot, which is sand blessed. It's which like they is, have a theme. Yep. Which is a 20-foot line dealing uh, slashing damage and blinding creatures. Wow. Dang. Great. Noticing a theme right here, too, of, of blinding things. Anybody just got a leaf blower? <laughs> Vacuum cleaner, just suck up all the sand. Big old shop vac will do. Right. <laughs> but as a reminder, a swarm does take half again as much damage from uh, spells or effects that affect an area. Yes, but they're standing in such a way that I can't actually hit them with an area effect if I step out of this. So not very, not both of them at the same time. Unless you want to fireball the room. And let for the, us uh, for the edification shades. of our audience, once again, the party is in a, uh, a room that is approximately 15 feet by 15 feet. All right, so I'm just going to waste a fifth level spell to cast It's not a cold. waste if you save my life. It's true. <laughs> this is not a good state to be in my when they're literally important. a swarm state. This is probably the only action I get because when I get hit, I will be nauseous. <laughs> so You'll be sandy. I'm going to use this spell and hit that sand guy. That's in front of uh, Masika. The one that hit Citra. Uh, to be clear, the one that hit Citra was the one that is not in Sandstorm form. Yeah, you want to hit the one in Sandstorm form because that one can't be damaged by physical punches by me. Oh, I thought he turned into sand on his turn. Yeah, one of them turned into sand on his turn, which was a standard action, and the other one full out attack ah. Citra was its turn. Then yeah, the sand boy, the sandiest one. Okay. The one that needs to me to waste this spell on him, not the one that's needs to punch. <laughs> the one in Swarm form. Got it. Swarm yes. form. So anyway, uh, he can make a reflex save. He gets a 25. Yeah, well, he can save. He still takes okay. half. I really am tired of swarms. Uh, I feel like swarms every fight is swarms. other adventure paths, I hate to tell you. <laughs> I was going to say, you guys haven't fought swarms in like three books. Yeah. Uh, uh, we fought swarms in this book. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah earlier. Before this... that, we hadn't fought anything for a long time that was swarmy. Now it's all elementals. If anyone should be complaining, it should be Citra. Welcome to the book where it is desperately important that you have a rogue for traps, but then the rogue can't use their sneak attack. Yeah, what's up with that, man? Rude, that's I, what Michael that Cortez is. That's is rude. rude. That's what it is. <laughs> He's a devious genius and also a little rude. <laughs> Should be a great, a great time to have like a dismissal spell or something. Yeah. You know, you're real smart. If I get another turn, I'll cast dismissal. <laughs> what? Come oh, on! Did you have that? <laughs> Why didn't you cast that then? I don't know. For some reason, I was like, oh, well, they're bound here. I don't know. My brain is not working. That's why. So 50 points of damage. So 25 points of damage. And then 50% on top of that, which would be 12, would be 37 points of damage. But do let me cast on the defensive because I very well could have triggered this uh, this thing. Okay, so I roll a 10. So go ahead and cast on the defensive. Make your concentration. Uh, it's fifth level spell, so DC 25. Okay, well, I get a 35, so it's all fine. It's all good. Yay! Right. I call on... I look at Masika with that, like, girl, why are they standing like this? I hate it. Cool. So you extend a hand, a blast of sand explodes out from where these ice shards basically rip into the center here. It seems as if he manages to get somewhat out of the way, although, like, frozen, you're used to these solid chunks of ice, and these are just, like, these sandy mush, like what's left over after people salt the roads before a snowstorm, or after a snowstorm, just mm. kind of splatter to the far wall. 
Mmm, slushy. All right, well, he ain't dead. Sudi Kantar. All right, well, Sudi's got only one one action he can do here. He's going to full out attack the one that hits Citra that's not in swarm form. Okay. Uh, so swift action to switch into uh, my pummeling style, and then I'm going to full out attack the Sandman. <laughs> Mr. Sandman. This is a dream, dream, please. Make her the sweetest that I've ever seen. All right, Give so I roll an 11 for a 31. A 31 will strike your target. All right. Get him. Cats are like the mortal enemy of sand. Uh, so that is 15 points of damage. I will then do a combat maneuver to attempt to trip the sand man. Okay. I roll poorly, so that's uh, only a 7 for a 25, so they're probably not going to be falling on their face. Nope. Your yep. foot slams into the side of this thing, much like slamming into the side of a sandbag. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, all right, so I will continue my flurry of blows. It's a 10 for a 30. A 30 will strike your target. Okay, that's 10 points of damage. All right. Attack number three. Good gravy. Probably not going to hit. That's an 8 for a uh, 23. 23 will not strike your target as you continue to slam your fists forward. All right, last attack. Uh, 11 for a 21. 21 will not strike your target. Yep, I will use a key point to get an extra attack. Uh, 10 for a 30. 30 will hit your target. Alrighty. Uh, 15 points of damage. So, hey, at least I did something. Good job. Bravo. Continue to punch, punch, punch. Good thing I have pummeling style, I'm just gonna say. Best monk style. True. Masika of the Beckon. Well, I was gonna save this for the evil genie, because I don't want to fight an evil corrupted genie, but I guess I'll cast Banishment. Okay. Yay! Yay! Are you gonna cast on the defense? Well, no, you're, you're next to a swarm, you're fine. I, I don't know if being next to a swarm is ever fine. I can affect two hit dice of creatures per caster level, and we're level 14, so 28. I really hope both of these things combined don't have more than 28 hit die. Okay, Maybe. so that's either side of the equation. Uh, one of them gets a 19, the other one gets a 23. Gotta be high enough, right? <laughs> Jordan's face. Uh, 23 saves on the nose, unless for some reason they oh. don't like water, and me just standing here being an undine gives me a plus one bonus on my caster level check. <laughs> yeah, or, they don't uh, like sorry, water, a plus right? two to saving throw DC, sorry. <laughs> I mean, they generally don't like water, but they're also not racist. <laughs> so but the other one fails yep cool. so you chant extend your hand out uh, there's a soft pop sound as the yeah. one in front of Sudi uh, just disappears yes. into Yay. thin air the other one in its sandstorm form just kind of wavers for a moment wait oh. you said they don't like being inside spaces right correct but you're not the one presenting them with uh, that I mean okay I was, I was thinking about putting them in a pit but yeah I was like they could fly I was I was I was trying. Show them the box armor. Show them your tummy. <laughs> Threaten to put them in there. Tummy. <laughs> uh, no. Get in my yeah, belly. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I have anything that these things oppose. You have a move action remaining if you like to take it. I mean, it's just gonna swarm over me because it's mad and it can fly. So there's really no reason for me to move anywhere. It might swarm me. If that makes you feel better. <laughs> ah, that's the end of Masika's turn. We hold the line. All right. Oh, oh boy. Line. Here we go. We high five Masika, and then we all get covered in sand. That brings us to the sandstorm. It five foot steps into Hollis's square. Yeah, dang yep. it. At which point, its sandy extremities seem to raise up 
as it does so, sand bubbles up like a volcano and explodes, swarming up around your ankles, up towards your calves, your knees, up towards your thighs as they explode up around it. Uh, I will need a reflex save from the party. Gross. I roll an eight for an 18, unless this is a death save. Nope. Dang it. Uh, I roll a 17 for a 30. Uh, a 12 for a 20. I'm having a bad day, y'all. Hollis is having a bad day, too. <laughs> We're having bad days together. Uh, I mean, I have a really good reflex save, so hopefully I'm still okay, but I rolled a 3 for a 22. That's better than me. You'll be okay, right? Poor little Hollis. Covered in sand. Well, I mean, it's probably hard for Citra to jump out of the way when she's going everywhere, <laughs> trying to get sand out of her Just become one with the sand, Citra. All right. So I will need all of that followed by a second reflex save. Okay. All right. I rolled a 16 for a 26 on this one. Uh, 13 for a 26. Uh, 15 for a 23. I think Jordan must have touched my dice or something. I rolled a 2 for a 21. Oh, this is just not your fight. Did you sneak over to Rachel's house and touch her dice again? What? I don't know. I'm just trying what? to. So like, I thought it was just a funny joke at first, and then you kind of took it a little over the line That's there. What I do. Again? It was weird. That was you weird. have to say again, or else then it's weird. So the sand bubbles up in this explosion outwards as sand flies everywhere. Sudi quickly turns and probably just from, you know, training and a bit of paranoia, considering your previous circumstances, turns and cups one hand over his face, guarding his remaining eye. The rest of you, sand blasts up, scouring into your eyes and blinding the rest of the party. Eh, well, uh, this Hollis is and mask. Masika, you manage to both stumble forward and out of the way, almost in this like the sand bubbles and washes you out as it forms up into this uh, the central mound and begins to flow downwards. Citra, you have just enough time to hold your breath before the mound of sand buries you alive as it ah! rolls over you. Still trying to retch and clear your, your lungs before just able to take it a half breath. Hold it as sand blasts into your eyes and blinds you. Buried alive. Ah, jeez. Ah, jeez. Okay. Well, we're always blinded, so we have lots of ways to deal with that now. It's just the stupid... Sand. I mean, I hope it's not a permanent effect. It's just sand in your eyes. Yeah, but it's impossible. It's not a lot we can do spellcast wise to help if we it's, can't see. It, it's a real problem because I can't actually affect this guy. I know. I wish you had, like, tell the rocks around him to beat him up. Like, talk to the rocks. <laughs> That's not and a tell thing him. the stone tell lets me do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not suddenly a stone druid or anything. Well, that'd be it's cool. Not you. Yeah, that brings exactly. us to Citra Nahamra. Uh, you are no longer nauseous. Well, that's good. You are, however, blind and buried alive. Uh, can I try to. Uh, can I activate my unfettered shirt and escape? Ooh. What, yeah, what does that do? Does that, like, shoot you out of the, the sand mound? <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's why I asked. <laughs> yeah, so I was just looking over freedom of movement. So, so yeah, you'd be able to mumble out the command word for your your shirt, being able to just barely get it out as your mouth fills with sand, and you're just like, enough that the shirt seems to recognize the command word. Uh, mechanically speaking, how I'm going to count this is normally it's a strength check to dig yourself free, but you can basically as a standard action automatically. Well, you don't even need a standard action at that point. You just automatically succeeded the strength check. <laughs> nice. So it does shoot you out like I a just, cannon. I just squeeze you out like a tuba, soap. Yep. tuba cookie dough. So yeah, Citra bursts soap. forth from the sand like a dolphin from the surf. 
and nobody can <laughs> like, see it but no, Sudi. Like a boule from a like a boule like on the sand boule. dune. Like the noble boule. Like the noble boule leaping forward. Wow. <laughs> Desperately clawing at her eyes. <laughs> She's still blinded. Only Sudi saw that awesomeness. You still have a move action remaining. I can't see anything. I'm just going to cling to the wall. <laughs> All right. So you stumble free, gasp for breath, cling to the wall. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. From Citro, we go to Hollis. You're blinded. Yeah, and dismissal's a targeted spell. Yep. But I'm not actually injured, so it feels dumb to waste a cleanse. But then again, anything. Heather, you just banished, didn't you? That was the area effect yeah. version. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have banish. Funny thing is, uh, Masika had just enough hit die to affect both of them if they both failed. Oh, it was almost epic. So it would have been cool. If it all rolled one lower, it would have been epic. That's why I was trying very hard to squeeze out something that would have given me the plus two to the same DC. <laughs> all right, well, fine. What Hollis podcast casts... are you on? Because that's not how we roll ever. Hollis casts cleanse on herself and is grumpy about it, but it's all fine. Because okay. I can see you again. Very well. You cast your spell, the sand washes from your eyes. Tears streaming down. You're, again, these things are entirely composed of this red sand, uh, so you're just uh. like shaking yourself free, plastered in this. Like tear, like it looks like we've been crying blood because our eyes are like yep. watering and mixing with sand. All right, next time you stop it with them tricks, you. Uh, Sudikantar. This thing's still in its sandstorm form, isn't it? Yep. Well, nuts. I have literally nothing I can do to this. We need to get you an alchemist fire. I know we say that, but oh, we never. Oh wait, we no. Left. Speaking of which, that, that was what that was what I was gonna do. I do have an alchemist fire. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> I got. Opens. I don't know what it would do against a bunch of sand, but I got a tanglefoot bag. Nothing would probably <laughs> do anything really. Just really, I feel like you throw it in there, it would just start like all the sand and stick to it. We need a vacuum. <laughs> I'm telling you, the shop back of holding. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> no, Sudi reaches into his bag of holding, probably like. Has to like move some stuff around and dig deep into it to pull out an alchemist fire from wow. who knows how long we've had that. And uh, he'll throw it into the center of this mass of stuff and explode it. I got nothing else. Very well. Uh, okay. So go ahead and make a ranged attack at it. Take that. Hey, guess what? I didn't roll a natural one. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I rolled a three. Hey. So uh, that is a uh, 18, so 21. 21 misses, which mechanically means you need to roll for scatter. Ah. Okay. Which I'm imagining so, it just swirls around inside of him and just spits back yeah, out. Yeah, swirls so. around. So, uh, <laughs> great. This is why I never use splash weapons. Go well, ahead yeah. and, and roll a D8. Two. Very well. Uh, so you try to throw it as this thing swirls around. You know, again, just miss at the last second as it shatters at Hollis's feet. Really? Yep. It's fine. I have elemental resistances. Very well. Uh, Hollis, Sudi, and Masika, as well as the creature, each take one point of fire damage. Well, I take zero. I guess Sudi looks over at his two blind compatriot. Well, actually, Hollis is he now. And just does, like, the biggest, like, most comical, like, shrug, like, oh, I got nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> just like, he's just like, uh. You have a five-foot step remaining, Sudi. I will hold my ground. Okay. Masika of the Beckon. I'm blind. It sounds like a job for Narmer. I say, do you have removed blindness deafness? Not memorized. Ah, uh, lame. You may take a free action to rub at your eyes. I will. I will do so. And it I makes think, it worse. I think that's ah! all. I, I think that's <laughs> that all I've got. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm just gonna press my back up against the wall and hopefully hope I'm out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> 
And Narmer's and Narmer's spit attack can't target a swarm, so Narmer's got nothing he can do either. Well, can't you I consider just... spitting, and then I saw what Shooty did. <laughs> and can't now you blindly just it. do a burning hands or something? Like, you might hit Citra. I don't have a burning hands. I have a cone of cold. I'm not going to blindly shoot a cone of cold at the party. Mm. <laughs> burning hands is one thing, but if Citra, if, if Rachel keeps rolling the way she's been rolling, and Citra yeah. takes a full blast from a cone of cold, that's not yeah, going to be a lot. Yeah. It's going to be a lot. <laughs> that brings us to the sandstorm. I hate the sandstorm. Uh, it flies over and through Citra's square. Not that Citra's even aware of that. Turns back around, extends its arm, and blasts a line of searing sand. I will need a reflex save from Citra and Hollis. Uh. Hollis is gonna... You know what? Yeah, I'll go ahead and do it. Never mind. Well, that's better than I had been rolling. I get a 10 for a 20. I get a 10 for a 29. Citra... Even somehow blind, <laughs> you hear the sand roll over you, and Citra does this like dives backwards and like into the sand again. Again, with this freedom of movement thing, just kind of plunges down again, much like a dolphin diving beneath the earth. The noble boulet. Yes, much like the noble boulet diving beneath the earth. Gotta keep it on brand, on theme. Hollis, on the other hand, you take 18 points of damage uh, as it slices into you, blasting against the wall, and are blinded. And I don't get a fort save or anything to be blind? Nope, it's the reflex save to determine whether or not you're blind. Everything on this thing is a reflex save to see whether or not you're blind. um, We probably should just run. (laughs) Because I I can't stay with sight long enough to do anything. Sudi can't hit it. Masika's blind. And Citra is... Buried. Can't stab sand. I'm also blind. Well, Well, we can't. Keep in mind, we also can't teleport out of here. So we're going to have to run, run, run. which y'all are blind. At 50% movement speed. Yeah, so you're going to be going slow. It's just going to follow us. And hit us with more of those. And Sudi doesn't have the stone skin to get through the passageway with the fog anymore. And he can't cast the wand. But do we yep. have a single alternative? Because uh-huh. I don't see an alternative. Sudi can't punch it. Citra can't stab it. You and I can't see it. Citra Nahamra, you're blind. It may be one of those things yeah. where it stays in this room. I mean, it could be. Citra's probably going to call out to everyone to figure out where everyone's at, and then uh, she is going to crawl toward the so voices. <laughs> oh, I do have a resist acid 30 on me, so... It wasn't acid. Oh, yeah, you do still have fog. that. Yeah, the so fog. I, I can, can hold my breath hold and run breath. through the fog. Yeah. So Citra wants to move back in the direction of her allies? Yeah, Citra's going to crawl toward her people. Okay, go ahead and make me a perception roll. <laughs> no. Um, I rolled a 2 is- for a 20. A 20 still means that you can tell where Hollis is if she's shouting, you know, oh, God, my poor useless eyes as a sand blaster in the face 10 feet away from you. Uh, so you wish to move five feet closer to her? Yes. Uh, you're actually immune to the effects of the difficult terrain from the sand because of your freedom of movement. So <laughs> five feet. Something. Yay. <laughs> you can keep moving past her if you so wish. Uh, no, I just wanted to get to my people. I don't know what we're doing yet. Okay. I only have blast spells, so if you're in front of me, I don't know where the heck you are. I don't know where I am either. <laughs> she literally can't see. Hollis, Starkweather. I want to see if I can figure out where Citra is so that I don't cone of cold her to death. Okay, go and make me a perception roll. Okay. I roll a 16 for a 30. Uh, yeah, you can hear her moving towards you. You think from the direction that that, well, you're positive from the direction that that blast of sand just came from. So she is, you believe she is in between you and the source of that blast of sand. Hollis says, Sudi, can you move her? I'll do anything to be useful right now. 
From Hollis, we go to Sudi Kantar. All right, uh, Sudi is going to uh, grab Citra, reposition her. Um, Out of the way. I can only move her five feet, so I'm just going to assume he drags her to the side <laughs> into the open <laughs> space in front of him. Very well. Uh, All right, Citra, Citra you this feel, way. <laughs> yep, you feel strong, calloused, furry hands grab onto your arm. Do you wish to resist or? No, okay. I know Sudi. Especially so, when Sudi's yeah. in your ear being like, okay, this way. This way, this way. <laughs> this way, little friend. <laughs> So you can choose to automatically fail the reposition check and allow Sudi to move you five feet as he just kind of like, yep. oh, oh, over here. There we go. All right, way is clear. Blast away. Okay. Do you wish to re-enter the initiative, Hollis? Yep. I'm going to blindly throw a cone of cold out in front of me, angling nice. it. Assuming, I hope Masika didn't move. I'm angling it away from where I think Citra is now. Should be straight ahead of you, right? Where you got attack. So basically right where Citra was a second before. Well, yeah, it gets a reflex save. It's a 24. Yeah, I mean, it's going to pass them because it's a s- sand. It's sand. Of course, it's going to reflect. <laughs> you ever try to hit sand? I have. You know what I happens have. to sand when it's struck by lightning? Same thing that happens to everything else. No, actually, actually sometimes it turns, it into, turns glass. into glass. Yeah. Yeah. If, but yes, you were following the yeah, quote of what like, I was doing. I was, I was yes. finishing the quote. Yes. The stupidest line in any X-Men movie. Uh, that's That's debatable, but that one's pretty high on there. All right, 54, so that's 26? No, 27? So you said it's 54, which would be 27, then mm-hmm. half of that would be 13, so 40 total. Yes. All right. A blast of cold shoots down the corridor. Hollis, I suppose, pauses for a second before registering the still blowing sound of wind coming from the passage ahead. It's still there. Well, okay. Masika, rubbing at your eyes again, you can see as you rub enough of this hand free and grit out of your face. Can familiars use wands? Nope. Well, technically, I have the same user magic device that you do, mechanically speaking, which everything I do is mechanically speaking. (laughs) (laughs) So what's my user magic device? A a zero, but I was just wondering if something in their abilities... Nope, I can't spell clash, so I can't uh, can't do spell completion. Spell clashed. Spell clashed. I don't think I've ever tried to say that before with this action. Again, I can't cast anything without hitting everyone. Uh, you could cast, if you have another cone of cold, you could cast the cone of cold by t- by moving forward five feet and then Yeah, there's a big the red hallway. X around that. I'm going to step into the sandstorm. No, no, no. That's just difficult terrain from oh, the sand. Oh, that's not there anymore. Yeah, it's just sand. Yeah, well, it's difficult terrain from the five feet of sand that was suddenly <laughs> piled up there. <laughs> oh, I thought it was marking the sandstorm because it wasn't there when I went blind. Nope. <laughs> oh, no, that's, yeah, he put that there whenever the sand, like, because he did that thing where it exploded the sand up and over, so. So you can tell that Hollis just blasted a cone of cold off down that passage, judging by the fact that that passage is now covered in the drifting snowflakes and sand. I guess I'll take a five-foot step in front of Hollis. I don't like being this close to it. <laughs> Very well. That's a uh, 25. Dang it. It's very annoying that our only saving grace is he doesn't have evasion. Well, that would just make this fight unwinnable. Like, I mean, probably. <laughs> Unless you do a dismissal or banishment. Well. Note to self, living sandstorm rogue. Yeah. yeah. Or ranger, high enough. Yeah, high enough level ranger. Technically, I got it as a monk. A living sandstorm shadow dancer. Oh, God. Whoa. Stop it. <laughs> that one sounds fun. Aha. I turn into sand and then I jump into a shadow. That's three on another shadow and hit you the face. So I do 55 points of damage. Nice. All right, nice. so half Good of hit. that would be 27. Then plus 13 would be 40 points of damage again. Nice. 
Nice! Alright, we've hit this thing a bunch of damage. Another solid blow as it continues to make its way forward as you've now coated the entirety of that crypt in two inches of ice. Man, good thing we banished the other one, because good gracious, could you imagine finding two of these? I don't want to. I'd rather not. <laughs> I don't want to, Sudi Kantar. From Masika, we go to the Living Sandstorm. I hate it so much. Which rolls over Masika. Oh boy, here we go. As it swarms its way forward. Again with the blindness. Raises up as this, once again, volcano of sand explodes out from beneath all of you. I will need a reflex save from the party. I really wish I had gust of wind. <laughs> oh boy. Oh no. Oh no, no. Uh oh, Hollis. I rolled a, well, I can't be more blind, but I probably don't oh, have to make the point. blind one again. <laughs> I rolled a three for a, a 13. I rolled a 13 for a 26. I rolled a 12. It gets me a 20. Uh, Citrus finally feeling better. Rolled a 14 for 33. Nice. Hollis gets even more sand in her eyes. Ow. It's the higher of the two durations, so. Mm. And I will now need a reflex save from the entire party. A 16 for a 26. Apparently I'm okay with not being buried in sand at least, so that's something. I rolled a 2 for a 15. I'm going to be buried. 20 for a 28. Well, good thing you can hold your breath. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'll be fine. I'm not exactly helping in this fight anyway, so... Uh. So oh, Hollis not... stumbles free of the blast. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Mm. Sand still caked in her eyes. And actually, I apologize. There isn't a reflex save for this for Citra. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, because there's not a viable square for you to move out to. Aww. Oh, you just get buried. You just wow. get buried in the corner. Although, again, wow. you can move I, through it with no yeah, issues. Yeah, I can't but. get buried. You uh, shake it and Masika, you can choose which one of the three squares that are adjacent to you to move into. I will tell you, just for your own edification, the square you're in and the square that Citra's in, since they've been hit twice, are now filled up to the ceiling with sand. Wait, I made that save even though I rolled a two? Well, it's not to you yet. Yeah. So Masika <laughs> stumbles out to the side, Towards which basically means... Okay, so he's just going to bury us alive in this room. We cannot stay here. It's definitely looking that way. So, Sudi, you are buried entirely in the sand um, as it sweeps you, like, sweeps under your feet and then buries you under this mountain of sand. Uh, where Citra is, and then in the doorway, the sand is mounded up to about 10 feet high as it continues to cascade down over Sudi as you can see his hand kind of flailing for a second before it buries under this mound of red. Or at the very least, Masika can, because Masika is the only one aware of what's going on anymore. <laughs> Since Citra is blind, Hollis is blind, and Sudi's buried. This th thing has got to be near death. We've hit it with, like, what, three con cones of cold? Yeah, yes. but it keeps making yeah. the saves. And, well, well, it's and still doing, like, 40 points of damage. Now we can't get to it, and I don't want to be buried alive in sand. So I think if we make it chase us out of this room, that might be a good idea. Citra at Nahamra. Um... I Do you mean, wish to step out of the sand? <laughs> yes, I would like to step out of the sand. Very well. Uh, as you do so, you manage to blink enough to get your vision back as the world swirls back oh, into focus. Uh, you have no idea where Sudi is. Um, you can see Masika just off towards the side, past this waving mound, and then Hollis has stumbled back free, coughing and spitting up sand as she hits the far corner of the room. The sandstorm billowing directly ahead of you as it rolls up and out of the massive mound of sand as it summons it underneath itself. I Defilos. You defiled this land by being here, killing all these people. <laughs> this wasn't my choice. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't even want to be here. <laughs> we could easily dismiss you if you just stand still. Time to regroup down the hall? Which hall? The only hall? The hall is... I can't see. I don't know. I thought there were two halls. Oh. 
Well, uh, Citra's gonna grab Hollis's hand so that she can guide her down the hallway. We're, we're just Sudi? gonna leave Sudi buried alive. Sudi can hold his breath for like a day. Buried alive. I can hold Where my breath for Sudi? 21 hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> He'll probably meld into stone and take a nap. It'll be fine. We'll be back in a second. <laughs> we just need it to not bury us in this room. So I don't know where Sudi is, I assume. No. I mean, the sandstorm's right next to you. Is it? Hollis uh, is behind you. All right. Hollis, follow the wall down to your left and head down the story path. Oh, okay. I'll find uh, Sudi and follow you both. The hall with the doors. Yes. Okay. Very well. Uh, what would you like to do with your action? You also I, still have movement remaining. I would like to look for Sudi. Very well. Fishing your hands into the square next to him, you can actually find him pretty easily. Again, your hands dive... The sand acts like water to you as you stick your hand down into the sand and kind of fish around. Oh, right. Yeah. You are able to grab onto Sudi. Uh, if you would like, you can make a strength check to start pulling on him. What this yes. is going to do is it counts as an aid another, so you're attempting a strength check, DC 10. Nice. I rolled a 13 for my strength nice. check. Nice. All right. Yay, Citra. Speaking of, that brings us to Sudi Kantar. Uh, you're right. buried. You feel two hands, like, dig down. One of them kind of fishes around and grabs onto your ear for a second before the other one kind of, like, lets go, fills the little lo- along your face before grabbing onto your shoulder and starting to tug. All right. Strength check. Here we go. All right. I roll a 12 for an 18 plus two uh, from the aid for a 20 to well. unbury myself. Sudi, you explode out of the sand. Shaking your head vigorously to get the sand out of your ears as you stumble free. Still having protectively, you know, again, that paranoid protection of your remaining eye, like cupped a hand over your (laughs) eye the entire time. (laughs) It's very sensitive. Yeah, busts out of here, kind of looks down at Citra. So we're leaving here, right? Because this is awful. Yes, out, out. (laughs) All right. Sudi, I I mean, I don't have anything else to do. I guess I'm going to lead the way out. Um, in case there's anything waiting for us at the end of this hallway. <laughs> okay. It's difficult terrain, so it would be 35 to get into the hallway. Okay, I've got 50 foot uh, movement speed. So you could get halfway da- back down the hallway, basically like through the first eight doors. About two thirds of the way. Sudi will turn over his shoulder. Follow the sound of my voice. From Sudi, we go to Hollis Starkweather. Hollis wants to delay and will vaguely look a direction that might have Masika's might have Masika in it and says, go ahead and blast this whole room because I'll be fine if you have anything left. <laughs> and then I'll go last and then I'll blast this room on my way out. And then maybe it'll die. Hollis delays Masika of the Beckon. Yeah, I'm going to cast another Kona Cold. Get it. All right. Get it. All right. Let me so make you see it. Citra stumble free. Uh, you don't have to make a save. You're actually in the opposite corner of it. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, nobody has to make a save because she can. she's blasting directly at it. Nope, it's concentrated into this giant mound of sand. <laughs> that's the thing yep. that billows out from it. Okay, that's fine. Needs Come to on. make a reflex save. Fail, you jerk. Fail it. Fail, Fail it. it. Not thinking that's going to be the case. That's nah. a 31. Ah, nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using my official uh, Paizo dice today. Mm. They're rolling much better. Rude. If ever there's an endorsement for Paizo dice, there it is. (laughs) Also, these things have such heft. Oh, yeah. yeah, (laughs) I know the official Paizo ones are super dense. They're very dense. I think they're solid steel. Plus four, not 43 calculator. (laughs) 185 damage. That can't be right. (laughs) I do 51 points of damage. 
51, half of which is going to be 25, plus 50% is going to be 37. You blast the sand, scouring across the wall, freezing it again. For a moment, backpedaling as the sand continues to roll down at you before realizing that it's just the mound of sand oh, as whatever God. you're fighting seems to have been dispersed under the blast of freezing cold. Wow, four times of cold. That was crazy. Ah, uh, Sudi, stop running. You think okay, it's good. Dead. Dead. Masika pulls her shovel out of her hammer handy sack. Have her handy sack? Yes. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I guess just start trying to kind of make it evenly dispersed across the floor because right now I think it's blocking three doors, the one we opened and another two. Hollis is like, oh God, they're saying, what are you doing? Citra two will grab her shovel and begin helping Masika. Hollis, you regain your sight after another about 12 seconds or so. Probably, I imagine you probably just kind of like fish around in your pack, pull out a, a water flask and just kind of like open it up over your open eyes. Again, you have those big old elf eyes, Ugh. so it's way easier for the sand to get in. hate it. Ugh. I should get some goggles. Why don't I ever buy goggles? There's a little... Uh, yeah, I do empty my bag. Coming from your satchel, yeah. You yeah, you gotta, like, little, put, take sugar out and, like, you know, shake the sand out of the bag. Next time we're in town, we'll just throw this bag away and get a new bag, because you never get sand out of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Narmer, how are mm. your gears? I'm fine. Got a nice, like, sham blaster thing. <laughs> <laughs> Ding! I hated that thing. That thing was bad. I'm getting tired of us fighting things I can't actually fight back. It's not fun. It is definitely not. Um, Rabbles. Well, once we dig it out, there was a hallway leading into a room. I think this is also blocking another two doors. Maybe three. We'll just... One at a time. There were six total <laughs> doors, right? This might or actually like be that. a good thing because it's going to stop them all from coming out of the doors if for some reason one of them triggers all of them to wake up or something. So maybe we barricade these doors real quick. That sounds like a lot of extra work to barricade all the doors. If only we had a Shan guy to fill this hallway with Shan. To be fair, we have like 20 feet of sand in by five by five. So it's a lot of sand. That we have. <laughs> what if we summon like more Shan guys? Uh, we definitely no. don't need any more of them. I mean, if they were on our side, yeah. Yeah, on but, our side. Well, I don't have Citra any summoning spells. Citra just continues so. to dig. Hollis oh, okay. does not help. Hollis uses Mage Hand to do a tiny bit of brushing of sand. Sudi will just use his hands because he doesn't have a shovel. You're able to dig free this passageway. Well, again, if you're only trying to dig it free enough for you to get into the room, it doesn't take too long. Because, again, this is, uh, it's not... It's mounted in a central portion and then flows down. And as sand tends to flow down fairly easily, it's just getting up there and shoveling it down since it wants to evenly disperse. Doing so, if you so wish, I would say after about 10 minutes or so of work, you're able to clear enough area to get to these other two doors. Fortunately, all of these doors open up into the chambers beyond, which makes it a little bit easier for you. But a 10 foot long, four foot wide passageway makes its way into the uh, the chamber that Citra previously unlocked. You should make your way in? Yep. Citra leads the way. You make your way into the crypt of Nebtualwe. The walls here are decorated with images of the warrior woman performing strengths or feats of remarkable strength, wielding exotic and deadly weapons, and fighting against powerful foes and monsters. The room contains a single sarcophagus, extraordinarily well preserved. Uh, do we really want to open these? Do we need to? I don't think we need to. We if pertinent, the, the sarcophagus is. is still sealed. Well, I say we look everywhere else before we start popping these, because that's asking for trouble. I agree. Yes, I agree. Can we search the room for hidden caches? If you wish to search the room, you may. Yes. 
we would like to search the rooms. Very well. Uh, searching the chamber, as you so wish. Uh, what do you guys get taking 10 on a perception roll? Uh, 34. 24. Uh, but I'm usually using my lens when I'm searching the room, so that'd be a plus 5, so it'd be a 33. Yeah, Masika gets like a 17, but Narmer gets a 28. Scouring the surrounding walls, you see no signs of secret doors. Checking through the various grave goods in here, they're all traditional grave goods. So jars of wine that, of course, have long since turned to basically dust. Boxes of foodstuff, which has also long since turned to dust. A collection of various trinkets and items, a favored chair of what appears to be, and in this room, what seems to be an armor rack, although there is no armor on it. I thought they were put in here to guard the plague lady. May not have been this one. Mm, These could be false tombs, or... It could be that there, it was meant as a more uh, metaphorical guarding. Could be. I would rather not open the sarcophagi unless we absolutely have to. No, I don't think we should either. There's no reason to. Until we've searched everywhere else, let's not defile the dead. Agreed. Do we want to go ahead and search the other five rooms to be safe? That is what I would say. All right. Not sure if we need to, but we probably should just for well, the sake of There is supposed completion. to be a key with one of the Akumen. And it may be that there's a hint as to who has it, so we only have to open one of these. Or it may be hidden somewhere, or, I mean, who knows. All right, well, I suppose we should check the next one, and I assume they're all going to be guarded similarly. So, watch out, Citra. (laughs) Thanks. I suppose you go and uh, check the next one. Go ahead and make me a perception roll. Using my trap binding? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Told you they're all going to be trapped the same. Be a nine for a 33. Yep, this one also has a glyph of warding. Yep. Do you wish to disable it? Yep. So many harm spells. You'll need to disable device. Although yeah. if you got hit with one harm spell, you could just go pop the rest of them open. It starts with a 31. Okay. Rolled a 15 for a 46. Nice. You're able to successfully disable this greater glyph of warding, as well as the heightened poison spell on it. Oh, fine. Oh, they're all different. Lovely. Can't make it too easy. Yeah, I was going to say, because if you got hit with a harm spell, you could just go pop the rest of them open, like, eh, you know, whatever. This would stop that. Hmm. There's a short corridor that quickly turns to the left, and as you make your way in, you enter into the tomb of Sifric Himen. The tall, thin, uh, lithe figure, his depictions here showing him always with his longbow. The walls of the room depict scenes of everyday life in ancient Osirian, with crowds of people worshipping the gods and obeying Hakatep's commands to the word as well as waging war against the Shori Empire. Sifric Himen appears multiple times in the image, but always hidden. Like, strangely in the background of various other groups of people. Okay, he's a sneaky boy. So he was the sneaky, like, maybe assassin-y kind of a guy. Uh, anyone that can take 10 on a perception roll and get a 30. Nope. nope. I can. Okay. So only Sudi is able to, like, where's Waldo routinely spot him on these walls. Like, everyone else <laughs> is just like, where the... Fist this guy. My one eye gives me focus. Yes. <laughs> There's a single sarcophagus in this room. It is sealed. Anything else? Like uh, hidden thingies or anything? Searching the room, taking 10 as you did previously. There are no secret passages. There are only traditional grave goods. Hmm. All right. I guess we go check the next one. Checking the next one. Go ahead and add that trap finding. Well, my rolls seem to be coming back a little bit. I rolled an 18 that time for a 42. All right. And go ahead and make me a disabled device. That would be a nat 20. All right. Mm, You're able to successfully disable the trap and keep the heightened major curse from going (laughs) off. 
Oh, that that's a real awful. fun one. All right, this is hey, probably... at least you're a curse breaker rogue, so you would have had that going for you. <laughs> yeah. This is probably a spellcaster. This door opens to reveal a 15 foot long passageway that enters into another chamber. The walls of this room are decorated with images of Duatseti sacrificing slaves to Set and conjuring up strange shadowy monsters and performing vile ceremonies to the Lord of the Dark Desert. Oh, cool, resisting urge to graffiti something. Oh, I, that's I asking wonder for trouble. if Duatseti uh, is like a. Not the like a, no. an assumed name or something because it has set in it. I don't know if that's just coincidental or if it's like one of those like I changed my name because I'm such a good follower of set to s include the word set in my name. Seti's the name of a real life series of Egyptian pharaohs. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Seti the first like is the pharaoh that is uh, mentioned in the mummy. That's a, that's a too deep a cut for my brain. You know? <laughs> I don't I don't follow that deep. The, uh, I may have seen that movie a couple thousand times. The room <laughs> contains a single sarcophagus still sealed, as well as various grave goods. Taking 10 on your perception check as you did previously, you'd find no secret doors and nothing in here of intrinsic value. All right, so for thoroughness sakes, I imagine the others will be the same, but we should look at them and then look the rest of this place. And then if still no key, we'll take our best guess. Citra, go ahead and make me a perception roll. Rolled a nine for 33. For those who don't yep, know, we're going counterclockwise. <laughs> through all of no, these. No, you're going clockwise. Oh, no, we are going clockwise. Yeah, yeah going you started clockwise at the 6 o'clock, so you went 6 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. Now you're going to the 12. So I rolled an 11 for a 42 to disable. You have successfully disabled the heightened phantasmal killer. Oh, On the plus side, heightened. look at all this XP flowing in. <laughs> you're welcome. Yep. Doing so opens up a door to a hallway which quickly turns to the left and leads you into another chamber. Each one of these crypts is 15 feet by 15 feet. The chamber itself contains a single sarcophagus as well as various grave goods, and the walls surrounding this are decorated with images of Impencopri being doted upon by servants speaking to adoring crowds and simply posing to show off her beauty. <laughs> While you guys finish looking at the rest of these rooms, I'm going to try to contact the Outer Plains. What? Why? And ask what? And ask if the Ocumenin are undead, and if that answer is no, ask which one of them has the key, because I have seven questions I can ask. But we have, like, three quarters of this place to look. It may not literally be in their grave. We were told the Ocumenin have the key. That's vague. We also know one of them's guarding some lady who we haven't found yet. I just, this is making me very uneasy. There's also three more door, like, doors off of that central chamber that we came in after the, uh, the stone stuff, so... I mm, I don't like this because we were told that that lady's down here and has been turned into an undead monstrosity in the Ocumen and we're here to guard her. The fact that none of these tombs have anybody in them and they're all sealed, there's something going on. Clarification, you were told that that lady was down here and bound for all eternity. Mm -hmm. You're never told that she was turned into undead. It's probably a safe assumption, but... True, I'm just clarifying. Yeah, but it could be one of those like the Ocumen and are to guard her in the afterlife or something like that. It, it could be. How long does it take to do your contact outer planes? Ten, Ten minutes. minutes. It's more that if you fail it, you lose magic for like two weeks. I lose arcane magic. Oh, okay. It specifically says arcane, and it doesn't affect my wisdom. <laughs> that, that, oh, seems like cool. a, that seems like a, a loophole right there. Let's exploit <laughs> I think it. That might be, I think it'd be worth doing. So um, Yeah, I mean, that's fine right. then. Okay. You yeah. stay out here, um, preferably with Sudi, so that just in case you guard uh, her. I will remind you, Sudi has the highest perception in the party, so... Are you going to disable these traps? 
Well, no, but I'm the best at seeing little secrets. <laughs> I'm not very good at seeing things, and so I can't protect her by seeing stuff in advance. I also have my fancy lens. I need you to protect her while she's doing her magic. I have an idea. We could also close all 12 of the doors that lead in here, so at the very least, we have a lot of time if someone comes for us. Oh, that's My true. concern would be that they all lock again, and then we'd have to I unlock all of them. I put pittons in there. Oh, that's, oh, that's right. True. Also, we'd have to remove all the pittons. You stay with her. Right, because I, so you are so stay. perceptive, you will be able to notice if any danger comes. Hollis and I will finish opening the doors, and then hopefully by the time we are finished, she will be talking to fanciful people. I'm mostly right. here to be moral support. Exactly. All right. Citra's going to work on the other two doors while you're uh, doing your ritual. Okay. Right. So Citra, you and Hollis make your way uh, over towards the next do- door. Masika, you settle down in the sand in here. Kind of fold mm-hmm. your legs. Be a 17 for a 41. Very well. It is trapped. I guess put Narmer in my lap since this takes 10 minutes and technically he's the source of my spells. Sure. A 9 for a 40 to disable it. You successfully disable the heightened flame strike spell that would have consumed this entire room. <laughs> Rad. Oh, that would have been bad. All right. And for the final room, I rolled a 16. I'm just going to go ahead and disable them both while you're out here. Might as yeah. well. Uh, okay. For a 40. Yep. This one is also trapped. And then I rolled an 11 for a 42. Uh, with a 42, you managed to successfully disable the blade barrier trap that would have consumed mm. this entire room. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. And then we shall explore said two rooms while she is contacting the outer. Place. The first of the two that Hollis and uh, Citra make their way into contains numerous depictions of Tutnesret reading ancient scrolls, studying strange magical devices, and casting potent spells on his shory enemies. Once again, it contains a single sarcophagus, unbroken, as well as various unremarkable grave goods. You know, this guy's buried with the spell book, so if we're cracking him open later, this is the one I want to open first. <laughs> Just saying. You're going to steal his spell book? Might be great. Because I don't know. I don't have to steal it. I just have to you know, Ancient use it shory copy. fighting magics, you know. It's rad as heck. But we're probably not opening any of them. The other one leads you into the chamber of Hockerfe which is adorned with depictions of Hakrafei posing in suits of bulky armor, holding back entire mobs of angry slaves on his own and enduring grievous wounds while fighting Shori enemies. Can't imagine why they'd be angry. Can't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking A. Uh, once again, it contains guys. a single stone sarcophagus, unbroken, and a variety of various unremarkable grave goods. All right, well, I guess we'll close all these doors while we wait. Masika, after 10 minutes of chanting, there's no gesturing, you just chant. Yep. Eventually, Sudi, you just see that Masika, it's almost like she falls asleep. Unbeknownst to you, as she sends her mind into the outer planes. As again, it's for a moment, everything just, you're sitting there, you're in this room, you're surrounded by the sand. You can hear Sudi just kind of shifting from foot to foot as he just waits in ready preparedness for something to come through the door. His tail swishing back and forth through the sand. You begin to throw your mind out into the outer planes attempting to contact uh, the greater powers of set planes. Uh, which outer plane are you throwing your mind to? Oh, I'm going to try for an intermediate deity. Intermediate deity. Yeah, and it doesn't tell me on the Pathfinder wiki which of the old gods are greater, intermediate, and lesser. Cause... Wait, what? <laughs> You're going straight to the old gods? 
Well, the Osiriani gods. Intermediate. Oh, oh, the Not okay. the great old ones. That's okay, different. Okay, because I was like, wait a second. <laughs> so I'm going to say that as far as greater, well, because again, it's the weird thing that Pathfinder does not use greater, intermediate, and lesser for deities. Oh, yeah. Gods are just gods in the Pathfinder setting. I would say greater deity would probably be the leader of the Pantheon. So something like Horse. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing Osiris. a greater deity. I'm already pressing my luck on the 14. I'm not brave enough to go for the 16. <laughs> So intermediate would be something like um, Toth, kind of that range. I think the lesser deities on that scale would be maybe like Sobek. Uh. Basically the grandchildren. Yeah, so I'm going to say that the, the greater would be like Set, Osiris, Ra, and then underneath that would be like the intermediates, which are going to be like Sobek, Anubis, Horus, Hathor, Bastet. Anyway. Well, I rolled a 13, which gets me the 14 DC perfectly. So. <laughs> oh, boy. And I get to ask uh, seven questions, which are answered with yes, no, maybe, never, or irrelevant. Irrelevant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like that answer. I, I like the idea that like Taz got some sass and it's just like, you're like, where's this key buried? And Taz just like irrelevant. <laughs> so you close your, close your eyes, throw your mind out before you kind of, you feel your mind seeming to settle as if you stand in a vast desert under perpetual full moon. You almost feel more than hear the fluttering of wings close at hand, like a soft breeze. All right, so Masika's first question will be if Hakatep's Akuminen have been raised as undead. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe? Well, that's oh, that probably means he hasn't done it yet. Yep, yep, that's lovely. All right, so the second question will be, is the sun, or is the pharaoh's, is Hakatep's pharaoh's key that activates the sun disk in the slave trenches of Hakatep in one of the tombs of his Akumenon? I'm being as specific as possible here. Yes. Oh. Although I'll also allow you to make a wisdom check. Happy uh, to receive that answer. This whole thing could be a tomb. Oh, yes, this whole thing could be a tomb. <laughs> um, I roll a 15 for a 22. This entire structure is a tomb. Yup. Should have asked about if it's in if one it's of in these their sarcophagus, or technically speaking, those individual rooms would be their crypts. Yeah, Masika will ask again and ask if it's in one of the basically the same question, but is it in one of the Hakuman's uh, sarcophagi? Because I trust that if there had been a secret door or something, Citra would have found it below. Below. Oh. I wonder if their sarcophagi move. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Or there's another level down. Either. All right, Maybe? I have four more questions. Um, I'm just gonna start with the what of the the Occumenon's tomb we opened first. I can't remember her name. Masika uh, would. That, or you could ask if uh, Plague Lady's been raised as an undead. Oh yeah, that's a good. The question. Plague. What was the her name? The Plague Queen of Ko. There it is. Yes. Ask if the Plague Queen of Ko is undead. No. That's interesting. So I have three questions. I can try to narrow down which tomb it is, or Does we know there's a, a genie in here. Access, maybe it's a question about if I were to access where the key is hidden, would I go through the crypt of the Acumenon? Yeah. That's, that's a, yeah, that's a good yeah, way to eliminate all way. six of them at once, yeah. yeah. Is the key accessed through the crypt of one of the Acumenon? No. Interesting. Ask if the Plague Queen of Ko is a threat. I mean, that's probably going to be a yes. Maybe. Maybe she I mean, put if all she's the traps not here. undead and she's just been imprisoned here. 
Oh, you think like she's immortal in some way? Well, or like the Acumenon are technically here and are quote unquote guardians, but they're dead. So she could be. Maybe dead. she's just in a crypt too. Both. What was the question? If she's a threat, so yeah. both. So yes and no. Probably depends on our actions. Is she loyal to Hakatep? You have a question remaining? Yeah, I'll ask if the play queen is still loyal to Hakatep. No. I don't blame her. Your mind snaps back to your body in one fluid rush. For a moment, you hear a soft sound of fluttering wings. Okay, so uh, Toth decided to play nice. Um, So the key is below the Acumenon's crypts, but we don't access it by going through one of their crypts. Ah. So their, their sarcophagi don't move. I suppose there might be a way down in one of the other hallways. Um, when I asked if the Acumenon were undead, the answer was maybe, which makes me think that if given the chance, Hakatep's going to come here and raise them all. Yeah, that makes sense. So we should probably leave them lying for now. I'll allow anyone that wishes to make me an intelligence roll. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, I'm rolling 18 for a 25. I get a 16 for a 16. Messy girl is a 9 for a 10. Well, a 9 for an 11. Uh, Hollis, you're aware that divinations are taken literally. Oh. That was essentially a shrug. I mean, I think that answer re- reads a lot more like a shrug. Like, maybe one of them is, maybe none of them are. Current, But it's about current time. It's not really a prediction. That's a divination. Well, you know that. Mm, the Play Queen of Co. is also not undead, and she may or may not be a threat. Oh, well, that's good. Maybe she's reasonable. or <laughs> And she's also not loyal to Hakatep anymore. Well, I mean, she got locked down here. I don't think I blame her. So if she is down here, that would seem to imply that she's still alive somehow. Or dead. Oh, oh, what if she's in like a permanent stasis or something? Or like Hollis said, she's just dead. <gasps> oh, like, she was turned to stone, right? My lord, Sudi. <laughs> that wasn't Sudi. That was me. Oh, my lord, Jordan. <laughs> so we have to find a way down and we might maybe fight some of the undead acumenon who are maybe perchance but weren't there only six and ain't these them well we didn't open any of the tombs just because it's sealed doesn't mean there's anybody in there I guess Hmm. or these are fake tombs Hmm. that's fair well I suppose let's move to the next hallway I'm going to go ahead and, I mean, we closed all the doors into these individual crypts, but uh, maybe we also close all 12 doors. Um, oh, yeah. Like on our way out, <laughs> for our sure, out. we're closing all the doors. Great. Returning back to the central chamber, Citra, I suppose, retrieving all of her pittance as she goes back through and uh, yep. And my the rod. Doors. And your rod. You re enter the central chamber, the six statues of the Akumenon staring down at you as you step into the chamber. You have now gone down the south. Western passage to the chamber where the Henshepsus came through and the Northwestern passage, which was the crypt, as well as the Northern passage, which is the way that you came in through, leaving the Northeastern passage, the Southeastern passage and the Southern double doors. All right. So I guess we're just going to, I mean, I think we should just go clockwise and yeah. go up the uh, Northeast. Yeah, that's what we already decided. Systematical. Yeah, you had Northeast. You see any weird sand? Stop. Basically going through the passage that is uh, on the opposite side since you went north west before to the northeast on the opposite side of the passage that you came in from. You descend down a small flight of steps five feet before beginning to approach a single door. The door is curious. It's solid stone, although it only has a single line of hieroglyphs across the front of it. 
Curiously, as you approach closer, I believe Citra's taking point. Yes. Citra, you may make an appraise check as you approach the door. I would also allow knowledge nature. Just for Citra or any of the rest of us? Just for Citra, since she's the one approaching and looking over the door. Uh, I rolled a 16, which gets me a 23 appraise. You find it odd that there's something around the edges of this door. As you get closer, you realize that every seam of this door, the cracks and seams around the door's edges, have been sealed by strips of cold iron. Oh, that's probably where she's kept. Oh. The hieroglyphs on this door read simply, Beyond lies the traitor's crypt. May she fester in life forevermore, eternally barred from the great beyond. Okay, so she can't die. Fester in life. Oh, she's going to be cold iron. What do we know about cold iron? Fae. Um, good against oh. devils? Demons. Demons. Devil silver. Demons cold yeah, iron. Yeah, devil silver. Huh. And there are a few other random things, too. Yeah, there are a couple other random things. Well, do we want to go ahead and open this, or should we check the last hallway first? Well, I mean, if she's not loyal to Hakatep anymore... That doesn't necessarily mean she'll be friendly to us. But there is a chance. She may or may not be a threat. (laughs) If she's not a threat and she's instead an ally, that's cool. And if not, then I guess, you know, is she even killable? I mean, may she fester in life forever makes me think no. Makes me think cursed. Oh, yeah, it does feel like a curse for sure, for sure. I do have some experience with these. Mm, Almost like you're an expert. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe if we can help her in some way, even if that's just to end her misery, she might be willing to help. Well, I hate when and people she- trapped. I mean, yes, this is a form of imprisonment, which is evil. Citra will open the door. The door is arcane locked, so you will need to disable device. So apparently that my little uh, thing of bad luck earlier was... Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> a passing phase. Uh, thankfully. Uh, I rolled a 19, which gets me a 44. Very nice. Day 44, you're able to disable this. You will still need to either chip away at the edge of this door or hammer into it until you can break it because, again, it is sealed with solid strips of cold iron. Solid strips makes me think of gaseous form. I I got rid of the arcane lock, but... uh, Whatever they've done to her, she might be injured by cold iron. So if we can somehow remove it from the door, we could always hit her with it if we need to. <laughs> we, we pull these strips off and just grab them like clubs and just start wailing on her. Make some, you know, like... Uh, you can make some sling stones or something. All this things is I can like prepare a cold iron steak out of my spell list because I do have little nuggets of cold iron to use with that, uh, that spell. Sudi, can you break it? Uh, I mean, it's metal, so not really, but I can give it a try. I mean, I can disintegrate it, but well, that seems excessive. It, yeah, exactly. All right, let me try to see if I can, I don't know, remove these or something. Is there like a break DC I can try to hit? Or uh, Now that the lock has been disabled, you may attempt the break DC for this door. Okay. In the meantime. Wow, okay, that's a natural 20 oh, for dang. a 26. Okay, there you go. Rah, big so 26, you step forward. Gently fill your hands along the sides of this door using your tremor sense to kind of sense. You don't sense any movement on the other side of the door, but you just kind of like sense the door. And all of you watch as extremely impressively, Sudi places his fingers against the door in a flat plane and then does the push forward punch, like three inch punch as he hits the door and there's a solid crack that falls along the seam and then gently pushes the door open. That's so cool. 
Siri, you're so cool. <laughs> Can I tell you a joke, Jordan? I think you'll like it. Um, I, we find the key here, and this passage, these passage makes an X. X marks a spot. Dang it. If that's the case, Michael Cortez. <laughs> Feels like a Jordan joke. X that would feel like a very me joke. The, <laughs> the door opens into a supremely bizarre oh, room. Well, that's saying something for this place. Oh. The chamber is octagonal in shape, from one side to the other, 20 feet across. Immediately inside of the door, the floor slopes downwards to a depth of about three feet. On each side, it does the exact same, making a 10-foot depression in the center of the room with the walls, with the floor sloping up to meet the eight surrounding walls, which then ascend up eight feet before tapering in, putting you inside of an octagonal shape, equal distance of 20 feet on each side. From each one of the corners of this octagon, chains stretch out, suspending a sarcophagus wrapped entirely in the iron chains, which hangs suspended off of the floor. Holy moly. Wow. The sarcophagus is the only object of this room. It's lid and sides carved to show depictions of a beautiful woman. Her body contorted in pain as numerous spikes seem to pierce her flesh. The walls are carved with images of legions of sickened and plagued souls on their hands and knees, crying to the heavens for aid to an unanswering black sky. The far wall depicts a majestic flying city in the sky, with the same beautiful woman floating in the air above as she seems to hold up in one hand a great bow. As you open the door, as sound echoes into this chamber, the sarcophagus rattles, and black blood seeps from the edges of the sealed sarcophagus to drop down into a festering pool on the floor below. As within, you hear a muffled scream of rage and pain. I'll pick it up here next time. The vibe of this place is very creepy, and I don't like it. Just stepped into the Hellraiser part of this. Oh, yes, I'm good, good excited. Good, good golly, this is, uh, this is a lot. Heather's like, this seems like someone who could help us. We were duped. <laughs> Heather duped us. She knew all along. <laughs>